Welcome to the Tag Your It Podcast. I'm Ray Ray. And I am David Van And it's just us two. We've had Boom. some shows where we've had a lot of guests, um, but here we go. It's just Dave and I. You know, I've had people say in the past, like, oh, I really love guests, or oh, no, I really would just rather you guys talk. I've had both, I've had both different, pe- different perspectives from folks. I think, remember, the main thing is we are able to teach through this method and to analyze worldviews. It's great to have outside voices, no, but man, we do this what an in, amazing thing to yeah. get to do this. One of my favorite things to do, and it's just an extension of ministry, is an extension of teaching, um, allowing us to put information out, content out, that will be helpful to individuals in the church who are seeking to live a consistent Christianity according to a biblical worldview. And, and honestly, that's one of our key goals here. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, the big thing is community. And this is why we do have the fellowship of the tag, because it was really awesome to bring in um, some people like, you know, because we, we can only do so much. You That's know? right. And, and the thing is, is I like the fact that we do hit so many issues. And so, you know, we're not stuck on a single thing or whatever, but we, we throw a lot out there um, to get the discussions going. But yeah, I mean, there, there are things where, you know, you, you know, you're stronger in one area and stuff like that. And so that's why we brought on uh, Josh and Brandon, because I, you know, they've got that God and government thing going. They've got, you know, good eschatology studies uh, behind them and they're still learning and growing just just like we all are, but it's just really good to have the community, you know, with Will and his uh, Mormonism and uh, the, him being into the paranormal, him, you know, going out and running and looking up uh, provisionalism and stuff like that. And just having that extra thing. So, you know, it's, it's about community. So it's not, you know, we don't want this, to be us two being the only things going on with tag you it we wanted more and um over five years now we've made some connections and it's good um that we have returning connections and it's not just you know with like uh whenever we um bring doug shivers on um you know the third time he's been on yeah but like you know developing more more uh connections to where we can have more interaction um with what we're talking about with other you know one of the things that i really enjoy about podcasting as a medium is that you feel engaged with the individuals that are talking yeah their ability to carry the conversation and for you to consume it and kind of follow along and be entertained and learn kind of at the same time that's always kind of where i am you know i don't always get to key in on everything that's being said but i'm able to learn something take something and also i can go back and revisit it and that was Uh one of our major goals when we started things out was hey we want to create a catalog of things and now we have a bigger catalog than we did a year ago two years ago today we're doing three programs and that's really yeah, cool we haven't done yeah. a three program day and, yeah. and while and doug did a lot of the work last time so yeah, yeah. so which is next time i think yeah <laughs> wait whenever, I, whenever those who are actually know it, it yeah. is last time it is last time to the uh, podcast listeners and stuff like that um so that's the way it works out but anyway um we wanted to uh continue um on this show with the hashtag ncam the Noahic Covenant Awareness Month. And, you know, I just wanted to, to preface it again here at Tag Your It. We want to henceforth call on our fellow, fellow brothers and sisters in Christ to reform culture, 
You know, this is Matthew 28, 18 through 20. This is not just a building your church building and the people that fill it. This is a cultural mandate uh, again. So when we think about um, the Edenic, Edemic well, Edemic Covenant Man, there's so hey, many words Hey, it's alright I did not know how <laughs> to spell it Until yeah. I uh, had read it <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, the You know, so In the Garden of Eden Eden um, They were called to be fruitful And multiply And, and really build culture there um, It was reestablished In the Noahic Covenant To um, to build culture um, And then, you know Even through Abraham and through Moses And then you get to um, You get to Christ and then you get to the Great Commission, it is a culture building. We're not just building a, a group of people up to escape, um, but we're building a culture um, where Christ is, has, has use, is using means um, of his people to rebuild culture, to make disciples um, of all peoples and all nations to then what? To be fruitful, multiply. And that even in the discipleship sense, uh, we we make spiritual sons and daughters like Paul, you know, said, I'm a father to, you know, to you. Right. And that wasn't a biological father. That was a spiritual father because he discipled somebody. Um, so there is a extra realm to this whole. Well, yeah. Um, and, and I think it's, it's really cool that yeah. we are dealing with covenant here for this month. You know, as we yeah. turn on social media, turn on the TV, wherever we go, we're going to see more images of the massive shift in the morals of our culture, as, as Moeller calls it, the cultural revolutionaries. Yeah. And by that, we are being, I would say, inundated in a massive way with a normalcy of not just homosexuality, but of all types of various sexual sins and any way to misuse what God has given us in his image bearer covenant relationship with yeah, us. And, and so And there's then then there's more issues, but the whole thing with Pride Month is this this is what the world has given us. And so we're dealing with it. So we're not one string banjos and just going uh, everything that's important is is sex related. It, it is not. Um the whole world was wicked in the time of Noah, and that's why God destroyed it. And so, you know, it's this sex is a part of it. Sexual perversion is a part of it. There's much more. So we we don't want to come this out, revolution but, and yeah, hatred of yeah. the Creator. Yeah. The way that the hatred of the Creator, that of course whose image we bear, yeah. is being propagated exponentially right now in our culture, is yeah. this. LGBTQ plus and notice the plus it's always expanding yeah. type remember, of mentality. Yeah, so, yes. Cause June has been um, pride month for some time. And remember um, it started out, uh, Bill Clinton recognized it as just gay and lesbian. Right. And then, uh, then Obama comes along years later in his administration. And that's whenever you get the LGBT going on. So it has expanded. Um, as far as it goes, so how much more is it going to expand? LGBTQ you know, plus. Yes, it's plus right now, but how many more? Well, again, and the, the, and the idea yeah, is Q to suppress the truth and unrighteousness and rebellion. That includes bestiality, pedophilia, any type of thing that you can think of. And listen, 
now that we have accepted this idea that gender does not matter, and of course, Christians who are consistent with Scripture have not, the door has been opened. I remember in 2015, um, Andrew Walker, who worked at the time for the ERLC, said, this is a slippery slope. His book, Marriage Is, that came out in 2015, mentioned this idea very clearly. What has happened is the door has been not just opened or wide open it's been blown open mm -hmm. because there n are no more sexual boundaries no. because human autonomy creates all of those boundaries if you buy into the worldview that man is the master of his own fate that he is the captain of his own ship and that does doesn't apply to what he's going to do that applies to how he creates moral systems now that that is the cultural flow the predominant way in which god is suppressed and rebelled against in our society there are no boundaries yeah right and it's the same and i mean uh if you look at if you've ever listened to star talk um neil Ta tyson degrassi he's even said you know whenever you look out there you're not going to find meaning um but the cool thing is, is you get to create your own uh this is existentialism this is stuff that's not gone away even uh with the shift from modern thought to postmodern thought um, you know, it, it's just the degrade of logic. It's the degrade of anything because we're losing distinctions. We're losing qualifications, like any sort of a, the a, the ability to have discourse and to point things out is going it, away. Yeah, it's so funny when when we started the podcast. One of the things that I actually thought, you know, I don't really want to deal too much with the homosexual issue and the trans issue, the LGBTQ plus issue. You know, I kind of want to not just have to deal with that very often. Every day, you know, I listen to the briefing almost every day. And if you go back over the last year and a half, two years, one of the major things that Mueller continues to point out is how the cultural revolutionaries are making themselves more uh, the center of attention. And yeah. that's the goal. So here is what we have really tried anyways to do in a way that will be helpful to not only our listeners, uh, to your friends who might share this with, but also to ourselves. And that is to go back and revisit this idea of yeah. covenant. Because guess what? From the Christian worldview, the rainbow does have meaning. The rainbow does actually point to something. Yeah. And so it points to a covenantal God. And so one of the things that I think is really important for us to think about as we, before we jump into all of these different areas where cultural revolutionaries are making headway is to go back and revisit the very nature of our covenantal God. And yeah. so the definition again of covenant is so simple and it's not something that I grew up hearing a whole lot about. Maybe when we had the Lord's supper, they said, well, when they read scripture, they said, this is my new covenant poured out for you. Now, I had no understanding of what that meant. And so for the Christian, one of the things that's so important is to go back and look at the meaning of our covenantal, uh, how our God relates to us covenantally. And one yeah. of the first things that we have to say from a Christian worldview perspective is covenant means something because the God that we worship acted in history and the things that are recorded in scripture are historical events they're not some myth out there in the atmosphere or in the ether they're actually historically rooted things actions from our covenantal god relating with his creation as creator but are you ready the covenant even begins and precedes creation 
And that's one of the things that I think is really important. So I just want to run through some of these things uh, because maybe these are things that you haven't heard. Maybe these are things that you haven't explored or heard preached. And I've failed multiple times to really enter into this. And I've had people come to me and talk, well, I want to study the covenants. Yeah. Well, it begins with the eternal covenant of redemption. And from a biblically consistent worldview what you see there is that the father the son and the holy spirit have planned above time above creation external to those things an agreement through which the father chooses a people that he gives to the son who the son redeems that the holy spirit changes in order to glorify god the father yeah yeah planned before creation planned in eternity past yeah, psalm, psalm two right yeah you know it's it is why the nations rage we can use that um for any any time in history anyway why do the nations rage but he said i have set my uh, uh i've set Sorry. my king on my holy mountain and he says you know it's all this is yours is uh, the earth all everything is his heritage and so this is what we're talking about whenever we're talking about the eternal covenant. He can, I mean, I, I wish I had some <laughs> better, yeah, and better. Why uh, do the nations skills, rage but. and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord, against the anointed saying, let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. Then he will speak to them with his wrath and terrify them in his fury saying, as for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. hill. Yeah. The so this is a, a picture. And so the thing is, is how do we know about this covenant is because like the Baptist or the London Baptist Confession of Faith, again, I'll bring it in. The distance between God and the creature is so great that although reasonable creatures do owe obeisance to him as their creator, yet they could never have attained the reward of life or the Westminster. I really like because it hits the point of we would not have any fruition of him apart from the condescension. So he says the, uh, the reward of life by, but by some voluntary condescension on God's part, which he hath been pleased to express by way of covenant. That is chapter 7.1. Both of them, if you look at uh, the Savoy, the Savoy um, agrees with um, the London Baptist. The London Baptist Confession took that from the Savoy. Um, but if you look at the Westminster and the London Baptist, they work together in harmony that God is holy. He is transcendent. Uh, he is not a part of the creation in the right. only way. We can't, so unlike what Kant tried to do, um, with his transcendental nature or of his argument and everything, you know, it's like we were trying to, because revelation was put underneath reason of man, mm -hmm. we had to transcend up, but that's not the message of scripture. And no, so no. we have to treat it as God spoke to us. He's let us know as in Hebrews, um, you know, chapter, oh, the opening of Hebrews, the first three verses that God spoke to the fathers and prophets and now has spoken through his son, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And so he has condescended down without revelational epistemology. We could not know anything, but we can because he has spoken. Eternal covenant of redemption, God's plan to choose a people for himself that he would adopt, that Christ would redeem, redeem that the Holy Spirit would draw all for the glory of God. Yeah. The Ephesians, eternal. Yeah, Ephesians 1. The right eternal there. covenant of redemption, the mm -hmm. first covenant. Then there is what's called the universal covenant. And that is when God is creator, he 
creates us and therefore we enter into a covenant because we are part of his creation we are his he owns us guess what you didn't get to choose so that's actually you know a unilateral covenant so basically he speaks the word throughout the scripture creates the animals you know creates the stars sun moon creates people isaiah 66 1 Thus says the Lord, heaven is my throne, the earth is my footstool. What is the house that you would build for me? What is the place of my rest? There's a very clear picture that God is, of course, king. He rules from heaven. He rules over the entire earth. Of course, Israel is his center in the temple. And likewise, he is making it very clear that God will rule and he will build from his creation he is ruler and he will build his name make his name great and of course one of the ways he did that in isaiah was through the nation of israel there is this concept the again eternal covenant of redemption the um universal covenant and then of course we have the edemic covenant yeah the idea that god gave adam things to do to demonstrate that God was God. He commanded, here is what you do. He entered into a relationship with Adam. There was one really caveat to that. There was one piece. Do not eat from the tree of life. Or the 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 tree of knowledge of good and evil. Yes. Yes. Do not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And of course, Adam failed. That is a very interesting thing. Again, from our theological position, Adam was the covenant head, meaning that his curse of sin fell on humanity. All humanity is guilty because of that. So original sin is a contract that does manifest itself um, physically, but there's also the covenantal spiritual nature of things. So whenever we send in Adam, it is a covenantal contract that cannot ever be restored. And, and so, yeah. yeah, but that brings about yeah. the covenant of grace. God didn't exactly. destroy Adam right away. And God promised a method of reconciliation, Genesis 3.15, all a part of this. So this is what's so crazy that often miss it, so many people have missed. By the third chapter of Genesis, you have four covenants eternal covenant of redemption god planned before creation the universal covenant the edemic covenant the covenant of grace and you're only three chapters into the whole of scripture those who would reject the first little bit of genesis have completely destroyed their understanding of of how god enters into covenant they've completely under uh, they've kneecapped anyways all of the ideas of god actually revealing himself demonstrating his goodness his plan his sovereignty when you say that the first few chapters the first 14 chapters of genesis are just allegory you've knocked that out completely yeah and so here we go moreover man having brought himself under the curse of the law by his fall it pleased the lord to make a covenant of grace wherein he freely offereth unto sinners life and salvation by jesus christ now you're gonna say he didn't say jesus christ he said oh wait no he said a uh, serpent crusher 
Yeah, what do you think Jesus is? So we have to, we're dealing with now, we have the full revelation in Jesus Christ. We have it awesome <laughs> right now. We have everything. And so we have greater light. With greater light comes greater condemnation. So, but yeah, so he it was pleased to to make a covenant of grace wherein he freely offered unto sinners life and salvation by Jesus Christ, requiring of them faith in him that they may be saved and promising to give all or give unto all those who are, who are ordained unto eternal life, his Holy spirit to make them willing and able to believe. Um, so we're talking about eternal life. There's a, that's that connects the eternal covenant with the Edenic or the Edenic covenant. But then there's this beautiful little picture here too of, of the Noahic covenant Yeah, in that God looked at all the earth. Everyone was evil covenant of grace. He chooses, which is an extension of the eternal covenant of redemption. It's his creation. Obviously the universal covenant, the covenant, uh, the Edenic covenant is playing out in the fallen humanity. The covenant of grace shows up. And God chooses to save Noah so yeah. that he can fulfill his covenant of works or, again, the Edemic covenant in promising that he will bring about, excuse me, the covenant of grace, preserving humanity and bringing about the salvation or the saving of Noah. Now, here's the interesting thing about covenants as well. When we look at things like the Adamic covenant, the covenant of grace, the Noahic covenant, there is this element of God, again, extending his grace, but humanity must put faith in the truth of God's word. Mm -hmm. And what's so crazy about this time in June when we're rainbow bright the whole yeah. month, right? 80s reference there. Yeah. But when we've rainbow brighted the whole month, what we've done is actually show how good God is to not destroy people. Mm -hmm. That's one of these amazing things. We have, of course, culture has stolen that symbol, not even realizing that they're actually celebrating that symbol, that God's not going to destroy people like they should be destroyed. Yep. And they're going to at the same time say because of the goodness that resides in us. No, it's because of the goodness that and, resides in God and his justice and righteousness. But we can't forget that with Genesis 9, <clears throat> Genesis you know, 6 through 9 comes also, we got to get into the New Testament with Christ. And again, this is why Second Peter is so important because the, the flood, the, he's not going to flood the world again, but there is still the judgment day waiting well and adam sorry i was just making yeah. sure that i oh. wasn't going too slowly through this yeah. but this is something i know we unpacked some of this with josh but i, I brandon brandon sorry again sorry <laughs> brandon <laughs> uh this noahic covenant and i love how frame puts it the noahic covenant embracing all flesh certainly embraces all human beings mm -hmm. as being well whether believers or not in a sense it is a covenant of common grace sonny hernandez i know i know, I know. <laughs> yeah so. but then of course we see the edemic covenant god actually showing that he's a covenant keeper and that's the very interesting element about this yeah. the god of scripture is a covenant keeper a covenant maker a covenant keeper mm -hmm. the abrahamic covenant is god grabbing a guy a random dude 
that he chooses to put his grace on and promising here, here is the family through your seed. Not only will you have a deliverer, but all of the world will be drawn to me because of your seed. He makes a promise with Abraham, the, uh, the Abrahamic covenant. Now, here's the interesting thing about each of these covenants, by the way, specifically with the Adamic covenant, specifically with the covenant of uh, Noah, not Noah, the Abrahamic covenant. Mm -hmm. There are these stipulations to the covenant that have very real impacts. For Adam, it was, don't do this. He failed. For Abraham, now, it is, do this. Follow me and I will. Yeah. And we actually see an extension of some of these requirements that God gives. And of course, we see that very clearly in what happens in the Mosaic Covenant. And of course, it is in the Mosaic Covenant that we have the greatest application of this is what covenantal relationship looks like with me. You must be holy. And of course, all of that is pointing to a fulfillment of the Adamic Covenant when he fell and the fell when he fell in the covenant of grace being applied. Mm -hmm. Yeah, be holy for I am holy. That means be what I originally intended you to be and created you to be. Right? God is his image. narrowing yeah. the focus of mm -hmm. what that covenant means to a specific person, to yeah. a specific people, and what the fulfillment of that will be. And then, of course, there's the Davidic covenant, even more a narrowing. It's going to be through not just the Jews, through your Jewish yeah. line, through mm -hmm. your Jewish people, the Davidic covenant. And, of yeah. course, it is spelled out. I will make sure that you have a heir on the throne eternally. Yeah. Which would have been impossible, but God showed if you don't, your kingdom will fall. Broken yeah. again and again by the Jewish kings, the mm -hmm. Israelite and the Jewish kings. And yeah. then, of course, that brings us to the new covenant. Yeah. And the man... Reading Jeremiah, or yeah, Jeremiah thirty-one, thirty-one. I never hear uh, "you will" coming from God. You will, you and, will. It's you know, I, will. I will. Oh my goodness! I, I actually yeah. went through and highlighted all of the "I wills" in um, one of these covenant agreements, and I was like, "Holy cow! Holy cow!" And actually, I think it's over here. I I just couldn't believe. It was God saying, I will, I will, I will. And there is this amazing fulfillment that God is going to do it no matter how terrible we are. And I can't remember that's, that's where it was thing. that I did that's it. Same, well, that yeah. reminds me of the Noahic covenant that everybody's wicked, yet he was still covenanting with them. And yeah. he would do something. Genesis 17, exactly. 4 through 8 in the Abrahamic covenant. Uh, Genesis 12, 1 to 2 in the Abrahamic covenant. Genesis 17, 1 to 2. I, I just highlighted, I will, I will, I will. I just couldn't couldn't get over it. Uh, in Genesis, yeah, Genesis 12, 1 to 3. I, I mean, I literally went, uh, Genesis 15, 13 to 16. I will, I will, I will. Well, here's the thing. How will God know that he will do it unless he has decreed it? Mm -hmm. Does that make yeah. sense? But he's doing so decreed is action. 
Covenant is action. Again, it's a condescension on God's part. It's an action. New Covenant is the name for the new relationship that we have with God through Christ. Remarkably, Mm -hmm. in the Gospels, Jesus comes as the Lord of the Covenant, taking the place of Yahweh as the head of the Covenant. Only God can take this role. Jesus identifies himself clearly as the God in flesh, as God in flesh, the Lord of the Covenant, come to deliver people from their sins. Now, you and I mentioned a little bit before about the continuity discontinuity yeah. of so the again, covenant relationship again this is how you read hebrews and the key is to is to really think about just the opening three verses and i'll i'll pull it up here real quick just to <laughs> to, to 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 mark it again in and hopefully i'll be up in buffalo to preach on this yeah. on the 11th of, of uh, july. july yeah so, i'm gonna be on vacation yeah. Yeah. adam is so long ago god spoke to the fathers by the prophets at different times and different ways in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, and God has appointed him heir of all things. So um, you see that God spoke to the fathers and the prophets, or spoke spoke through them, or spoke to the fathers by the prophets, right? Yes. So God spoke to now. So you have a different messenger, right? You have you have the prophets, and then you have Jesus Christ. So there's a difference, but then you have the same message, right? Because they were always preaching blessings and cursings, and Jesus did preach blessings and cursings as well. But so you have different uh, administrations, you can say, <laughs> in a way here too. But you have to look at there's continuity of the message, discontinuity in the messenger. There's some sort of discontinuity with back in the day with what's coming with Jesus Christ, and so you have to look at what is look at all the covenants and find how they're how there's continuity and how there's discontinuity. And that's how we are to have that covenantal hermeneutic when it comes to um, what is the differences between the old and new, what is the continuity? And then you'll be able to understand scripture tons better. And like, and and when, so the, here's the, here's the point when RC Sproul says reformed theology is covenant theology. We he's, he's right. It goes back to the eternal covenant. Now, here is why this is so important. Number one, so many churches fail to have a good understanding of covenantal theology. But every Southern Baptist church that I've been a part of or have been to, they take the Lord's Supper and they generally read 1 Corinthians 11 in doing so. Mm -hmm. Or one of the gospel accounts this is my blood in the new covenant poured out for you and most people miss what that means completely it's a recognition yeah how's the covenant ratified so we have promises this is why the jews were so important even in the new even with paul talking to the gentiles why the jews important because god did give them all these promises and now the gentiles get to be brought in and so there's a covenantal difference between who the jews are and the gentiles gentiles being many nations and the jews being one particular nation but then now there's a putting together of the two into one man and that's the church we're not replacement theologists <laughs> we are we are just thinking biblically what you know what, what the bible teaches on things and so once you if you don't have that covenantal distinction you do things and again i'm going to repeat myself about you know just within the crt stuff that we've talked about with carlos smith whenever he said 
Paul didn't mind calling a Gentile a Gentile and a Jew a Jew, right? Well, and he was doing that between, say, white people and black community issues. You can't do that if you're covenantal. Because that is a covenantal distinction. That is not the same. It's not analogous to what we have defined as whiteness and blackness or whatever. So you cannot bring that argument if you're covenantal. And I, you know, he's in the X29 network. So there should be reformed theology going on and there needs to be an understanding. And so whenever you get rid of this covenantal language, you decimate any understanding of scripture. And then you are in that Shafirian saying that we only understand things in parts and pieces is because you destroyed the hermeneutic of scripture for your benefit. That's right. Well, and then it always goes back to such a powerful piece. In order for the covenant, excuse me, yeah, the eternal covenant of redemption to take place, God is promising a people Christ is atoning for a people. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit is regenerating all the Father a gives to people. Me. All the Father gives to me is he is the Father given everybody to Christ. No. Pacticum salutis. The salvation pact, the mm-hmm. eternal covenant of redemption. As so clearly seen through the universal covenant of us as God's creation and the covenant of redemption, Christ redeeming people, fulfilling that triperspectival element. So, I spent a lot longer on that than I thought <laughs> I was going right. to, you know, Adam. I apologize. Hey, no, 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 I no, really it's, wasn't it's, trying to just pull that up. It, I, think, I, think we can, I think we can hammer that because it's something that we've lost, mm. uh, especially as Baptists. With the history that we have yeah. um, and everything, um, we have to pointed out you know we have lost especially in america you know dispensationalism cuts all this stuff into bits and pieces bingo well and and that's that's what kills me is i'm being very serious on this uh i would love to engage someone if you are a monergist or a synergist right Mm -hmm. if you are a synergist um how do you understand the eternal covenant of redemption? If God is saying, I will, I will, I will, but it's up to everybody's autonomous free will, how does he actually know that what he's saying is true? D- mm-hmm. Do you see what I'm saying? Well, see, he doesn't. And that's what we'll get to. And then, you know, you and, have you know, to be have completely <laughs> open as a, th- yeah. you have to be a complete open theist to reject that. Yeah. Or the dynamic. Well, you're going to have to switch yeah. so many things in the tell, covenantal understanding that, of, uh, yeah. of what, what covenant means and how God fulfills it and what you do with the new. Um, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, that's uh, for August 2nd. So you can lighten it up a little bit for us, man. <laughs> lighten, lighten, lighten. What? Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, we called this a grab bag episode for a reason, but you know, I think we did a really good job hammering the covenants and all that kind of stuff. That is important. Again, um, Good theology is covenant theology. That's right. So we need to understand that. But anyway, um, what we wanted to do is have a little bit of grab bag, have a little fun. We haven't done any meme theology in a while, so guess what? Let's go to the Meme Theology Studio. (laughs) 
Yes, we are in the Meme Theology Studio, everybody. I hope you like the background change. I hope you like that little intro video and the music. It still gets me every time that I get to put it up because it took so long because we wanted some music on there. Dude, you did awesome. And it took so long for this to happen, but hey, we got a cool little uh, scene selection anyway for Meme Theology. But anyway, we got this. Uh, I mean, if you think about it, like uh, we've talked about memes yeah. before. We're not going to go through why, you know, those, those kind of things anyway. Um, but we just want to hit this up. Um, so this isn't exactly what you'd say a digital made meme. Yeah. But you can call this a meme because it's that's what they're doing with their church sign. I believe a very good definition of meme is picture text shared through social media. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, doesn't even have to be through social media. It can be through digital means. So I kind yeah. of funneled it down a yeah. little bit. So this is why so. it's in the meme theology studio. And so with that said, um, this uh, picture, this meme that we're dealing with, this message of this meme says, Jesus had two dads and turned out fine. So a few things just on a little bit of historical context. Yeah. Adam pointed this out for me. I did not know yeah, it. So, I yeah, actually did a little bit of research on it. Not yeah, this, too yeah. much. Very yeah, quick. this is a uh, church sign, yay or nay. Uh, Ricky Gantz is a friend of mine, and I think we must be mutual friends with Ricky anyway. He's a cool street preacher dude um, that I've just acquired as a uh, acquaintance on Facebook. And it's kind of fun to watch what he puts up live anyway and, and stuff. And I think he must be a fan of Tiger It too. So um, we've had a little he, bit of interaction. Yeah. Anyway. He's an mill guy i'm a post mill guy you know we've had some jabs anyway um he's the one that shared this he's been sharing a lot of signs and so yeah so uh the so this is a church sign this is a real deal church sign and when you look at this meme it is from the and so i'm not just saying a first baptist church it is from the first baptist church in america is put up by roger williams so these would have been the northern baptist back in the day um now would be the american baptist yes sir um so this would be if uh, to relate that to this is probably a major difference uh between uh me and uh brandon mullins because he was a part yeah. he's a part of the american baptist which comes from the northern baptist just so you know look, there's a little history there there's some um you've you if you've listened to the debate if you listen to both of us and how we talk um there's probably a lot of theological differences and this sign is going to show you what the big difference is between even that debate probably um and a lot of core fundamental issues that are between us that didn't get discussed in that debate so, yeah, I'd love to have that. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, this is again. from the First Baptist Church in America, built up Roger Williams. So give us a little bit of history. One of the little now. things on that, and if you're not familiar with who Roger Williams is, he was one who founded Rhode Island because he was kicked out of oh gosh, now I should New Hampshire. I can't remember. Yeah. Now someone who's history he was kicked out of whatever state he was, goes and actually rebaptizes everybody and in his area, uh in the uh 1630s right and so he founds this church in 1638 um it's been an american baptist church ever since then but here's the interesting thing the name of the church is actually first baptist church in america yeah that's the name of the church yeah. first baptist church in america now here's an interesting little element as well there is no statement of faith on their website so Roger Williams had an interesting thing happen because he actually said that the church completely died when it was taken over by Rome and actually pushed back and revoked his membership and stepped down. Well, that sounds like the, uh, the Campbellites, the interesting. Millerites, Joseph Smith. Oh, it's crazy. Oh, yeah. I almost felt like I was reading Charles a Joseph Smith piece. So with that said, had some good things, certainly. But another little element that's very interesting about the church is 
on their website, they boast about all the different things that their church sign says. And so you can scroll through it. They actually make a big deal of all of their church. And they have great little pieces. Jesus was a refugee. You share the same fate as those you hate. Hmm. Make time really deep theological leaf peppers welcome i mean just some outlandish stuff so they are intentionally trying to provoke people mm-hmm. by this and so that's something that should be recognized they want a response they want people to look at their sign and they even say for those of you who don't want to come inside we have a church sign hopefully it will it will be taken seriously though not always literally guaranteed to make you think help you laugh and sometimes make you mad we hope you'll come inside too not we hope you'll repent and believe the gospel in fact again you cannot find a statement of faith so we know that they're actually using their church as a tool by the way very very weird thing going on here because the seeker sensitive church was supposed to be warm and inviting but now culture has become so hateful and ready to just pounce on each other that a seeker sensitive church resorts into fighting fire with fire hey if uh if it brings them in to start a fight we'll we'll start a fight to bring them in that's all this is so it's just kind of that's kind of a fun little piece of social commentary that you know used to you actually had to warm people up to bring them in, entertain them and all that kind of stuff. But now the entertainment happens because of social media, making everybody fight each other all the time. Um, let's, let's, let's do the social media thing physically by putting up a message and hopefully we make Sharing them mad it. enough to come in and we can argue with them. <laughs> you know, that's, that's what it yeah. seems like they're yeah. attempting to do. So that's a, that's I'm not trying to be yeah. a jerk. I think you've hit it right on. So yeah. one of the things we like to do is we like to just step right into the absurdity. Yes, let's just do Answer that. Answer a fool according to so his folly. Jesus had two dads and he turned out fine. Let's see here. Did he turn out fine? Well, I know that he did grow in knowledge and he did grow in stature. And you were depending too much okay. on scripture. Oh, wait. Well, that's all I know. <laughs> okay, but anyway. And then, let's see. He was rejected. He didn't look like anything. Made fun of. He made fun of. He was spat. He ended up. His family rejected him. His family rejected him. Yeah, they thought he was crazy. He hung out with political zealots, fishermen, and also people that were hated by society. Rejected by his culture. Yeah. Okay. All right. And then uh, what happened after that? Wait, he was trade. So they arrest him. So he's betrayed. Betrayed. um, By by somebody, supposedly a friend that's been following him for three years. So a three-year friendship down the tubes. Uh, and ends in betrayal, not just leaving. Um, murdered. By a kiss. Murdered. So, yeah. Little, then, little yeah. thing there of and, murder. And for money. And for money. So it, there's blood blood money blood involved money. in the betrayal. So that's even Murder worse. between two thieves. Yeah. Sped upon, like dragged through the city. In an incredibly, incredibly vicious yeah. way. Yeah. So he had two dads and he turned out fine. Well, then wait a second. What about those people who followed him afterwards? Ewell. See, I don't know if these people are so absurd that they even reject the idea that Jesus literally rose. Maybe they accept the idea that Jesus literally rose. I don't know. Maybe they don't. Hmm. But no matter what, his followers, his best buds, um, well, the same of the 11 world, well, the same of them that view. left, 
Yeah, the same worldview that allows for two dads is the same worldview that says that Jesus can't rise from the dead. That's true. That's very true. But so, you don't yeah, have to so be consistent with your worldview. He died. He died. What, okay, his 11 buddies yeah. who were living, because the guy who betrayed him hung himself. I know yeah. I'm maybe relying too much on scripture there. So then the 11 other guys. Well, we know again from scripture that one of them was murdered. Church history, Eusebius tells us that the rest of them, except for John, died the death of a martyr. So all of his buddies got killed. But then what about their followers? Well, a ton of them got killed, but are you ready? And then a whole bunch of them started murdering people. Mm. Like, you know, when in the medieval time when we went on the Crusades, those folks murdered a bunch of people. And are you ready? The people that followed this Jesus dude or said that they did also oppressed homosexuals and minorities, people of ethnicity. He they started civil wars. Yeah. Hmm. Jesus, be like Jesus. Yeah. He turned out just fine. Yeah. Or we can actually think about this. He had two dads and turned out just fine. And I'm going to assume this is trying to get to the homosexual the issue. issue, right? Yeah. The analogous. So Jesus is Jesus's father, heavenly father, actually being the Menanganes Theos, the unique son of God, not begotten as in, you know, what well, what Mormons would teach, that there was yeah. a goddess wife and they, he was actually yeah. born of sexual um, intercourse, right? No, no, it's different because he's God and he became flesh. He took on flesh. Um, so it's different. So the, this is called a false analogy. Yes. So you can do this. Yeah, I mean, so if, if we're out of the absurd, there is objective truth. But likewise, the word of God is meaning is objective truth and is meaningful, which creates meaning everywhere. But likewise, yeah. it's a categorical error, which is another informal fallacy yeah. because we're comparing a living human being or a physical human being two physical human beings to the triune God or the father god of the triune godhead and joseph a physical human being likewise there was nothing in scripture that says that there was any type of physical relationship between them so the category error is massive but then you also come into this issue of what is turned out just fine you see from the christian worldview we would say that christ didn't turn out just fine in fact Revelation tells us that all knees, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. That's more than fine, but likewise, as a creation of the Creator, and Jesus Christ was the Creator, we do not aspire to be Creator. We acknowledge, because of the covenantal relationship, <laughs> because of that universal relationship, we recognize our creator and give him glory. Yeah. And so it there's also, a massive problem yeah, with turned out a, just fine. Yeah, so, so inadequate. A, you know, so what is the standard here? The standard is actually pragmatism and arbitrary. Just observe. He turned out okay. Cause it worked. That's, that's the only standard that I'm seeing here. And again, you can't apply that. It works standard to everything. Cause you don't. Cause you all you do things sometimes that are not efficient 
because you have principles. So, so again, what was the yeah. church trying to argue? Yeah. Homosexuality is good because Jesus had two homosexual dads <clears throat> and he was our example. Yeah, and families exist in whatever way we say they can exist. So, you know, you can't have two mommies, two dads. Well, how about let's add to it three moms, um, two dads and a mom, you know, just whatever. You know, that's the fluidity of everything. You know, what is a family is like totally arbitrary and meaningless now. You know, For those so, yeah. who don't want to come in, we have a church sign. We hope you'll come inside too. Yeah, and it's one of those things is, you know, no, I will not come inside that church other than to... It's not a church. ...preach the gospel. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a building. It's not a biblical church yeah, in any yeah, means. The, yeah, the church is the assembly of those who are in Christ who follow his commands. If you love Christ, you follow his commands. And his commands are, I didn't come here to abolish the law, but I came to fulfill the law. And his fulfillment doesn't abolish the law. We're only under grace if you're in Christ and you're saved apart from works of the law. But the law still exists and judges people. And the law says, God says, That's right. because he's created things to be so, that there is a covenant woman, there is a covenant man. And they're underneath the covenant of creation of God. And that's his teleology. It's not because it works. It, is, it does work. Yeah. We see it work with our eyes. It makes people because God wants people That's wants right. to be fruitful and multiply and enjoy his creation because his creation is good. People were made good. We became evil. So, And the curse yeah. of Adam exists on yeah. us all. Yeah. So this particular again, sin that they're wanting to excuse does not create yeah. more by the world people, standards, by the way. Yeah, by the world standards, if you just leave... If you, if you do the Thomas Jefferson thing and you get rid of all the miracles and you just treat Jesus as a, you know, just what what's in the Bible as that's naturalistic what? that you deal with, Jesus did not grow up okay. No. Right? But then again, he didn't grow up with two dads then by that standard because you can't have the metaphysical God the Father. You can only have the earthly father. That's right. So he only had one dad. So that doesn't even make sense there. You see, you can't mm -hmm. make sense of it according to their own worldview at all. And so if you are going to say that you are a church of Jesus Christ, for one, the intentions of this sign are horrible. Why can't you just give people the truth and hope that the gospel is the power to salvation, is yeah. the power that brings, like, whenever Jesus says, come, if you're thirsty for righteousness, and apparently today, because of the social justice movement, we can use the term, if you are thirsty for justice, because it's the same Greek word. If you're thirsty for justice, if you're thirsty for righteousness, come. And that's the, supposed to be the church's message, not putting messages out there just to tick people off to bring them in to argue. So, you know, that's very yeah. interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, well, yeah, I think we got there that. There was our awesome name theology. Yeah, okay. We got, we got 10 more minutes. You want to hit let's, something? Let's do the, With the grab uh, bag episode. Let's grab. Do you want to do the I am holy or do you want to do the. Let's do I am holy. I like that. We'll a, yeah, I yeah. Holy, it's, 43 it's 43 seconds. seconds. Yeah. And then we can Give us a little context on it and then we'll try to. Let me get back into the main oh, man. studio here. So we look, we're bigger. Sweet. Hey. Awesome. So apparently, uh, there's this. Uh, this man, or I'm going to say it, man. I'll, I'll maybe I'll call him by his new legal name if it is a legal name. I'm, I'm assuming it that. is. Yeah, um, but I'm not going. You can't change. You can't change your sex. You're a guy or a girl, and I. Yes. I don't have to pretend along with it. And that's not me being mean. It's just you're you're going to force something on me, 
and you're saying I'm forcing something on you, we need to, you know, have a little compassion here. I'm not going to do it and you can't make me. So anyway, but yeah, we've got a little, uh, thing here. So, um, so there's a guy named that I guess was, or maybe, uh, maybe Pentecost being the name, I guess, uh, it's a, he, his name is Isaac Simmons and he's also known as Miss Pentecost. Um, is the first drag queen put forward as a candidate for the ministry in the United Methodist Church. Also the first openly gay man put forward in the Illinois Great Rivers Conference. And so um, there's a video that's been going around um, talking about I Am Holy. It was shared, um, I think another uh, Instagram place was sharing it saying, things Jesus never said. Um, but, uh, I saw the video. I wanted to, we sort of wanted to deal like I saw, it, I wanted to deal with it, but then Dave is the one that sort of sent it over saying, Hey, we can deal with this. And I'm like, Hey, I saw it too. So that's great. So what I need to do is I need it's to really interesting. To the United the Methodist, um, publication called insight, which I, which is the equivalent of Baptist press actually does write a little bit in an article published on May 11th of this year, dispelling misunderstandings about drag and church just before easter the congregation i lead hope church celebrated not only the candidacy a step forward ordained ministry in the united states of isaac simmons but also greta long and duke long all incredible lead pastors now this individual was ordained it's on the united methodist main publication celebrating this guy hmm. problem you got the video oh, chewed yeah, up? Yeah, All right, okay, let's go for go. it. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that was my cue. No, I was, just giving you, I was just giving a little bit more there as you were yeah. pulling things up. Mm -hmm. Occurring when oh, here we go. It was already halfway through. Apparently, it remembered where I was last time. So, yeah, it's a 43-second clip, so let's listen. Drag allows me to not only celebrate the divine surety that dwells within me, it allows me to show others how to celebrate it themselves. So, listen to that again. Drag allows me to not only celebrate the divine surety that dwells within me. So he believes that he has the divine surety. So, I mean, I'm going to go as a Christian, I'm going to go to the scripture and okay, where, where am I told that I have divine surety? Well, the only thing I can think of is Ephesians that I have the Holy that I'm given. If I'm in Christ, I have the Holy spirit within me. And, but then again, how does drag come into that? That's the question. So how does drag, where in the scriptures do you gather that drag is a celebration of being sealed? Well, here's the, the interesting in thing in Ezekiel, and actually I've been reading through Ezekiel this last week, Ezekiel 36, 27, I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you'll oh, be careful rules. to observe my ordinances. Laws and ordinances. So when God puts his spirit in you, which are you ready? Christ is the fulfillment, thinking of some of this covenantally, because mm -hmm. we are in covenantal awareness. When Christ says, surely I will be with you always. When Christ in the farewell discourse promises the Holy Spirit, the comforter or the helper, the, the paraclete to come, that Holy Spirit that dwells within you actually does something as a standard. There is nothing about the Holy Spirit dwelling in sinners to celebrate objective sin. Mm -hmm. A God of his own making. Mm -hmm. Allows me to show others how to celebrate it themselves. Allows me to show that 
It is not something to be boxed away. So the one thing here, so um, there, th- th- this is just the false understanding going into it. We say repent. We don't say hide it. We don't say box it away. We say confess it. That is such a key Confess piece. it is what we say. And so I'm going to say that, <laughs> yes, I'm going to say that there are people in people's lives that say, keep it bottled up. Don't tell anybody. I don't want to, you know, you're my son, my daughter. I don't know. Christians no, 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 are the that is wrong. most full on embracers from history of opening and confessing sins. Yes. The idea of living in the closet is because you're living in debt. You're living in sin that you need to confess. If you're a Christian saying, oh, I'm a closeted gay. No, no. The best thing you can do is say, I struggle with this sin. Pray for me, church family. Love me. Be with me. Be around me. Mm-hmm. Not open up and say, oh, look how great I am because of this sin. The Christian worldview says we confess sins to one another. We bear each other's burdens. Yeah, so for everyone who does evil hates the light and avoids it so that his deeds may not be exposed. But every, anyone who lives by the truth comes to the light that his works may be shown to be accomplished by God. But that those kind of works are repentance according to the law. Again, we are not saved by following that law, but it's God who puts that law in our hearts and we obey his commands. Second so Timothy. he gives us the power. He gives us all that stuff. So we can change. There is, the gospel is we can change, but we must be born again. Second Corinthians, excuse me, Second Timothy 1.13, retain the standard of sound words which you have heard from me in the faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. Guard through the Holy Spirit who dwells in us the treasures which has been entrusted to you. You are aware of the fact that all who are in Asia turned away from me, among whom was Philegius and Hermonides. Here's what I am saying on that very seriously. We are able to guard the sound words of Christ because the Holy Spirit dwells in us, not repress sin, and then say, when I get to blow out my sin and tell everyone to celebrate their sin, no, no, it's saying the Holy Spirit actually so, guards yeah. those sound teachings. So the thing is, there is liberation in letting it out. But, again, if you are washed, you don't walk according against the law. The law yeah. is still in play. So, yes, we are under grace, but the ones that are in Christ are under grace, and we are saved apart from the law. That's right. doesn't mean the law goes away. No, it means that we establish the law. Yes. And so that's, that's the problem is that there's things in play that have been denied because, yes, you, you can't live up to the standard. That's the gospel. You can't. But the gospel is God has provided, and he gives the power to do that by the Holy Spirit. So again, he saves people, individuals, who he knows. It allows me to show that it is not something to be boxed away. There is holy liberation occurring when folks feel they can release the mysterious secret shrouded by society. Well, why are you appealing to society? No, within you, we're saying that you can let it out, but we're saying repent. There is, well, here's the thing. Notice where 
he is saying his holiness is coming from it's from him mm-hmm. the holiness is coming from him when he goes out into society and here's the lie that we're being told all the time i mean if anything over the last few week few days you've seen the lgbtq plus community is not oppressed they are the oppressor let mm-hmm. me say that again they are the oppressor if you do not walk in line with the totalitarians they will do everything they can to destroy you mm-hmm. again why why do why do the corporations feel that they have to have rainbows on their logos why do you feel you have to have a rainbow on your logo? I know that we did our little no it covenant thing, but that was definitely to cause uh, cause discussions. And I pray that the people who put them up have those discussions. It's not a piece of pride. No, it's one of those things. Let's no. We are we are going to we're going to speak out about the covenant that you are stealing. You're stealing the symbol of that that truly means something wonderful. Means that God isn't destroying you, yeah, or me, yeah. So the the irony of it, you know, goes over the head. Might not they do it knowingly? Yeah, that's what Romans one talks about. There is holiness in queerness. No, there is not. No, where where by what standard? According to scripture, wherever. See, that's a different. No, this is a different argument, right? So, have you seen how the argument goes? First, it was when the scripture doesn't really say very much about it. Eh, look, the scripture that you're using to say that it's bad, that doesn't really exist. You, don't, you haven't interpreted it right. Yeah. Now it is. No, being gay is holy. Yeah, and so you have to have a standard for that. So by what standard is queerness holiness? How is it being set apart? Did you see how the argument flowed, though? Yeah. Now it's not just... Yeah. Well, scripture doesn't well, remember say. Remember back in the day, I mean, Jimmy Carter said, "Oh no, there was no such thing as uh, uh, as what we're seeing, like the homosexuality we see today. That wasn't back then, even though Plato said it was." And so, like, you see how there's these arguments that they they try for so long to get the low hanging fruit to change their mind, but and they now can't. it's just a whole going so, after. It's holy. Yeah. In fact, the argument is, "I'm more holy than you because I'm gay." Yeah, and because I came out and spoke about it, because I'm liberated now, and I because spoke I'm out trans, and I did it, and now I'm showing it. I'm liberated. No, you are not. You think you're liberated, but you're just being openly sinful instead of. And I'm glad that it came out because if you bring it out again, if we confess our sins, we can confess them, and we need to. It is liberating to confess your sins, but you are still called to repent according to a standard of repentance and that is the law of god simply put so again leviticus is still in play holiness and allyship there is holiness and femininity and masculinity and fluidity not by the same thing that you're defining what feminism is and masculinity i thought masculinity was toxic so that's that is an, an so, amazing element but hey yeah. adam we are just over an hour so, so we probably yeah, better cut it off so we can yeah so we're, we're there but you know i hope that uh, this helps you if you hear anything like this video coming out of anybody i hope this helps you uh, get in the right mindset on how to deal with it um but be loving be gentle you know do everything to reconcile them to jesus christ without compromising the law and the gospel 
Um, they have to both work together because without, if there is no law, there is no gospel. If there is no law, you're all right. But then there is no gospel. There's nothing to be saved from, but you're still going to find problems and you're going to find nothing to fix it. So you have to have the law and the gospel together. And so again, hopefully we've helped you and hopefully that uh, this show has been uh, beneficial and, uh, um, and, and just uh, calls you to uh, make disciples of all nations and reforming culture. And this is a major issue that they're throwing at us. And we have to give an we answer have to for the hope that lies within us and bring them in. That's right. Making them disciples to obey. You can't dig, you can't Christ. bury your head in the sand. Yeah. Um, that's why we've actually said co- Noahic covenant awareness. Uh, you can't bury your head in the sand. You have to engage this. You have to be prepared. Yeah. This is the moral revolution that will come for you. Yeah. So, with that said, this is the Tag Your It Podcast. I'm Ray Ray. And I am Dave. And Soli. Deo. Gloria. Gloria.